The views expressed on this show are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not those of radio station KICK, Vision Communications Incorporated, its management or advertisers. Vision Communications Incorporated is not responsible for the validity or accuracy of information presented on this program. Welcome, and thank you for entering at the Red Door. Today you'll be hearing from Father Jose from St. James Episcopal Church of Springfield. Feel free to listen in. The conversation starts now. Welcome to the Red Door Conversations. Wherever you are right now, be safe and be blessed. You are the beloved of God, no matter who says otherwise. And that's what we believe in the core of our hearts. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Father Jose, priest at St. James Episcopal Church in Missouri. And today I have my guests, Father Mark Holmeyer and Dr. Kathleen Jackson. Delighted that uh, you are here with me and I want to welcome you to this conversation. And the topic today we have is love is the way. But first, before we go into that, I want to welcome Dr. Kathleen Jackson, who is a retired nurse and an academic. And so she has discovered that her journey with God informed her her work and that her work informed her faith and lifelong Episcopalian and I've known you for about a couple of years now and Mm -hmm. it's an exciting thing to have you on the show. Welcome Dr. Kathleen. Thank you. And I want to welcome Father Mark Olomeyer. He is a priest and associate rector of Christ Episcopal Church in Springfield. And he has begun his career as a radio news broadcaster. You know, you must have told me that before, but I didn't remember it. I may have. You just never really know. (laughs) It is exciting to know that we have a priest here who had been in the radio business. And later on, he became the public information officer for the Kansas Attorney General and communication director for a child advocacy organization. But then the Lord chose him to lead and guide people to God in ways that changes them forever. It is an exciting thing to know you, Father Mark. Thank you very much, Father Joseph. It is a thrill to be here. Thank you for joining us. And let us go into this conversation about love is the way. And the reason I've chosen that topic is because Episcopalians, since the time of Prince Harry and, uh, you know, Meghan Markle, since their wedding, uh, our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, when he preached that subject, love is the way, he got a lot of attention. And I think a lot of people are excited by the fact that churches can be a place where love can be practiced. And that is a new topic or a new way that a lot of people think should we be practicing love at the end of the day can that be our theology and so I looked up some scriptures to look into that and see where it is founded and so I you know this scripture from Matthew chapter 22 where we speak about teacher which commandment in the law is the greatest and the Lord said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind So my thought, uh, my conversation with several people I had, this is my thought. Could we actually practice faith just with love? What do you think of it, Father Mark? Uh, I'll tell you, Father Joseph, I think uh, that's a wonderful way to start. Mm -hmm. And and you mentioned um, having love there at the end of the day Mm -hmm. with everything. I, I think we need to start love with the beginning of the day. (laughs) is is where we do because the entire creation Mm -hmm. was premised on love Mm -hmm. that is why god created was out of love Mm -hmm. and we can do no less Mm -hmm. uh, as we go on um, through through our daily lives through our encounters with others through our encounter with god and and you're absolutely right uh in reading from uh 
from Matthew there, the first commandment, the greatest commandment, Jesus mm -hmm. says, mm -hmm. is love God. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't love God, then how can you hope to love anybody or anything else, including yourself? Right, right. Dr. Kathleen, what do you think? Um, I think it becomes an issue because it is God who loves us so completely, and it's hard for us as human beings to rise to that kind of level of acceptance. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the rub comes in. It sounds very simple, but mm -hmm. it really <laughs> is not simple at all right. because we have to put aside our own fears and prejudices and it becomes extremely difficult when we especially when we disagree with someone mm -hmm. on fundamental issues mm -hmm. and so that's where the rub comes in and that's why we need the lord to help guide us <laughs> and teach us how to love right. you know and I, I you i was thinking about that and i thought actually spiritual life is that simple but then it's hard for us to actually say spiritual life can be that simple. Right. Because we all want to do great things. You know, if you go to a doctor and if the doctor tells you, you are just fine, that's not satisfying unless somebody prescribes you a big medicine and somebody tells you that you got to have a surgery, you feel like, well, that was not a great uh, visit with my doctor today. And I've heard people say that. Well, I went to the doctor and told me that it's just a cold. And I don't like to hear that it's just a cold. I want to be, you know, have something bigger. I've got a better uh, illness today. And so from that perspective, religion becomes hard. When you say love is the way, what do you mean by love is the way? There are 10 commandments out there that we need to follow. Right. So how do we respond to them? Well, and those 10 commandments are all based on love. That's, that, that, that's really the thing. Uh, the, the core of each of those commandments mm -hmm. is love. And I also think, and I, I love your example uh, about uh, the doctor, I think also about uh, learning to play chess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the, the actual way to play chess mm -hmm. is, is fairly simple. I mean, there, there are some, some uh, uh, things that, that make it complicated, but, but the rules of chess themselves are very simple. But it takes a lifetime. Mm -hmm. to master it mm -hmm. and to mm -hmm. really understand. And I, I think that's how it is with love. I think that's how it is with, uh, with following God and religion uh, in general. They're, they're simple rules, but to actually follow them, to actually feel them, to actually have them be a part of you, that's mm -hmm. the tough. That's mm -hmm. the tough thing. And, yeah. and uh, as Dr. Kathleen says, it, it, also, it all goes back to grace. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, there is a, one of the pieces that we forget when we read that scripture is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the kicker. Love your neighbor as yourself. All that says is that you've got to love yourself. That's right. ex exactly right. It's exactly right. And it's difficult. Many times loving yourself is termed as selfish. So how do you explain that to someone who says loving yourself means selfishness? Oh, you, sh you have to sacrifice everything. You cannot just love yourself. So can that person love the world without loving oneself? No, and I think it's very hard to love self. I was having this conversation with another retired nurse uh -huh. the other day about we're looking back on our nursing careers and we're not 
we're brought up not to be vain. Mm-hmm. And so we look back and we forget that the things we did as nurses saved lives, was of value. And it, I think it's okay with God if we own that. And, <laughs> but we don't, our culture doesn't encourage us to love oneself, to, to own that, to yes. love ourselves, to, to be mm-hmm. able, you know, I'm at retirement age of looking back and saying, my career had value. Mm-hmm. I did some good things. I, I did some worthy things. Mm-hmm. I did some things that God loves me for. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. okay for me to say that out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I would even add to that in that many of the times when we talk about, uh, talk about selfishness, and and being selfish is that that's not really love Mm. because where where i get love is in being proud of myself as somebody who god loves Mm -hmm. and and if i'm doing something that god loves me to do then it is okay to love myself for doing that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you have to believe that god loves you yes yes but I do think a lot of people struggle with a it. A lot of people do, certainly. Because I think we have been taught that I am a sinner, I have failed, I'm not worthy of love. And so to believe that unconditionally God loves me with all that I am and all that I have and the way that I talk, the way that I look, the way that I feel, and all that I am, God continues to love me. I think it is difficult to accept that kind of uh, unconditional love. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because we are, even as a lifelong Episcopalian, Uh I was brought up with that fear Mm -hmm. of hell or Mm -hmm. doing the wrong thing or Mm -hmm. when I went to college and, Mm -hmm. you know, experimented with some things, how that was, uh, (laughs) you know, really, um, I found what happened was at that time of my life, it really separated me from God because I felt like I committed sins and I just I couldn't even get close to him because mm-hmm. I wasn't worthy. Mm-hmm. And so we think I think we're brought up to think we have to be worthy to get next to God. And I today I do not think that is true. Mm-hmm. I think that that God accepts us as a whole entirety of our being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I will add to that too cuz you're absolutely right. Um, it's it's that worthiness factor, mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of times that is tough to get around, but the church teaches, and and I would hope that more churches teach this. Teach that. But certainly, mm-hmm. the Episcopal Church teaches that God loves you because God created you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that love never ends. That's God loved the world. He sent his only son mm-hmm. that all who believe in him shall not perish. Mm-hmm. We are not worthy of that love. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that, that's one of the things that, uh, that I had to get over. Uh, and Dr. Kathleen, I think you were mentioning this too. Um, get over that fact that no, I am not worthy of that love and yet it is still there. And so using that as a as a stepping off point Mm -hmm. then to realizing, okay, God knows all my faults. Mm -hmm. God knows who I am. God knows what I've done Mm -hmm. and yet still loves me. 
can I look beyond that? Can I see the love that God has for me and, and give that to myself? So the, I have to believe that. So that, that's where it gets to be hard. I have to believe, you know, we learn and we read and I've heard from pastors, I've heard from all kinds of preachers all around the world that's been told that I am created. I was created and I am created and will be creating. God will be continue to create us in the image and likeness of God. Well, I don't want to believe that. <laughs> because I look at myself and I would say, what are you talking about? Me, image and likeness of God? I can't, I can't just accept that part of it. And I think that may be the difficulty why people have in accepting who they are. It, that could be. And it could also be that maybe their image of God mm -hmm. is a little is a little uh, wacky. Uh, oh. I, I don't mean that. Right? <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're but, saying. Yeah. But, but, but maybe their, their image of God is a little off. Yeah. And so, and I, I'm not sure of a way around that, mm -hmm. but if you don't have a healthy image of God, mm -hmm. then it would be very difficult, as you're saying, to, to, to get over that hurdle into that belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, we have, uh, uh, you know, before we continue with our conversations, um, I just want to let our listeners know who we are. We are a bunch of Episcopalians sitting around the table <laughs> having a wonderful conversation about God's love because we truly believe God's love. And so this is a conversation. We call it Red Door Conversations. And that's the reason why we have the Red Door Conversation is because behind the Red Door, we have every type of conversation. We can have anything we want to talk. At the end of the day, we continue to believe God's love cannot be broken by anything and everything. As Paul would say, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And I truly believe that. And I see that in people. And I see that kind of a conversation in the church. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up before we take a break and uh, share the fact that I truly have come to believe God's love is so beautiful, so wonderful, that Anybody and everybody can just walk behind the door and see that they are welcomed and embraced by God. It's a beautiful thing. And I want to share that. So you are listening to the Red Door Conversations. This program is supported by the Episcopal Church near you. And I can tell you, Episcopal Church is all over the place. You look around and in your Google, just type the word Episcopal Church and you will find. As Episcopalians, we ask questions and we seek answers and we question what we don't understand. And in the end, we let God handle what we don't understand. If you would like to know more about us and visit us on the web at thereddoor.org and you can email us at enter at the red door. Yes, you heard it right. Enter at the red door or you can visit us on the web www.thereddoor.org The Red Door Conversations are supported in part by the House of Blessings Retreat and Renewal Center in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. You can take your church leadership team, ministry teams, and other groups of up to 40 people for overnight retreats, family reunions, and other events. For more information, visit them on the web at www.houseofblessings.org or call 479-253-7379. Listen to the Red Door Conversations and walk in through a red door near you. Visit them on the web at www.thereddoor.org. Welcome back to the Red Door Conversations. And uh, today my guests are Dr. Kathleen Jackson and Father Mark Olomeyer. Thank you again. Let us continue our conversations from where we dropped off earlier. And I want to bring this up. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. 
Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Is that true? Do you think love does no wrong to the neighbor? What do you think? Because I look at, you know, I listen to people and they, when they do something wrong, they say that it is because I love them. I want to help them. So how would you respond to that? Love does no wrong to our neighbor. That is an interesting question. I, I don't know that I've ever actually heard it phrased that yeah. way. And, and I, it gives me pause. Yes. Um, because you're, you're absolutely right. In everything that we talked about in the first segment, how, how love, is, love is from God, and love is how we should be with God and how we should be with each other and how, how God loves us. And love does no wrong mm-hmm. with a neighbor. Um, I, I guess it would depend on what you mean by wrong. Right. Well, um, there, there, are, there are certain things that are done through love mm-hmm. that can be viewed as um, tough. I mean, you, you hear about tough love uh, all the time. Um, I, think, I think the very fact that it is love... I think precludes the idea of being wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, sure we're, Kathleen? We're, 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 we're yeah, go with that. see, you know, actually, that's a very difficult question to answer. When you say love does no wrong to neighbor, you know, it's a letter to the Romans, chapter thirteen, right. verse ten, where we where that is coming from. Love does no wrong to the neighbor. Is that true? What do you think? Well, I think it depends on how you again define wrong. Uh-huh. Um, and there is, I think, a call. I think we can hold people accountable for things that are unkind mm-hmm. um, or or wrong. You know, wrong in the sense of of not loving. But the danger is that we have our own pride, mm. and I think we can come we can come at love from a point of arrogance. Mm-hmm. I know what's right, I know what's love, and therefore I'm going to tell you you're wrong mm-hmm. when maybe that other person is not necessarily wrong. So I think as a human being, mm-hmm. we have that that tension mm-hmm. of you can love someone and hold them. I mean, certainly we do that with our children. You know, when we're raising our children, we we love them, and, but we hold them accountable for the the wrong things that they do. That's that's a whole deal with parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can hold people accountable in public life when we, uh, you know, that's what we do when we vote. We're holding people accountable to what they say they were going to do for us or what we want them to do for us. But it doesn't mean we can't love them as a person and pray right. for them and be... Um, you know, thinking of them in right. that way. So right. I don't think it precludes love mm-hmm. in the best sense of the word, but we also have to watch it. <laughs> right. I, I, I think there, there might be another aspect to this mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that just occurred to me, is that uh, let's just say, for example, you do wrong to your neighbor. The loving response, the correct response, is reconciliation. Right. And that is love. Uh, re- reconciling yourself with someone who you have done 
wrong to or has done a wrong to you that is based in love and so maybe there is where saint paul in romans is talking about love does no wrong to a neighbor people do a human being does wrong right to the neighbor Mm-hmm. But love does not. Mm-hmm. When you recognize that wrong, when you make amends to to repair that wrong, that's where love comes in. Okay, you know, um, he, he, we have heard Bishop Michael Curry speak about love is the way, and all churches are supposed to actually show and live the love of Jesus Christ, right. like unconditional love of suffering in his suffering and his passion and death. That's what he expressed, unconditional love and acceptance of all people. But that experience of love many times has been broken. Love right. has been broken many times. People say they love. I, as a pastor, can tell the people that we, me, as a pastor and members of this church, we love the people and people walk in and they are not fitting into the mold that I have about them and that love just flies out through the door. Mm-hmm. Whatever that mold is. So, and there are a lot of people who, for whom love is broken, acceptance is broken. They don't just believe that love is the way because I haven't put an example. I haven't put myself as that example. Love is the way. I will love you. I'll accept you. I'll walk with you. I'll be your companion in the journey. That's not been done. So how can somebody believe me when I say love is the way? Right. And scripturally, I, you know, I read the scripture and many times I fail in actually living that love. And so I, I, I was reading through all kinds of scriptures to just to understand what does that mean when there is an alien who resides among, you know, next to my door or when someone has hurt me or when somebody walks into the door whom I do not understand. What is it at the end of the day that love is the way when Michael Curry says, what does that mean? How would you interpret love is the way as you pastor to people? Uh, the way I pastored people is I, I actually step back a little bit. Okay. And, and in my own mind, I define love. Okay. What, what does it mean to love? And I think about what the opposite of love is. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people may not realize, the opposite of love is not hate. Mm. The opposite of love is indifference. That's a wonderful point. I think many people don't recognize that. The opposite of love is indifferent. That's wonderful. Speak a little more if you can. How do people experience that? Um, when, when someone is hurting, uh, like, like you were talking about, as a pastor, and, and I'll see as a pastor, um, I, I actually, and I shared this with, a, uh, uh, with my spiritual director once, I had a dream. Mm. once uh is shortly after i had started after i had been ordained and i had a dream where i was working really busily in the, in the sacristy getting getting everything ready for uh for the service and one of the acolytes comes up to me and says that uh well he was supposed to be uh he was supposed to carry the cross today for the service but somebody else took it away from him and in my dream, in my dream, mm-hmm. I turned to him, I said, well, yeah, that happens sometimes. Mm. And then I move on. That's indifference. Mm-hmm. That is clear indifference. And, and, and what, you know, what, what, I, what I should do, what I try to do mm-hmm. is, especially if somebody's hurting, but even when they're in joy, mm-hmm. and throughout any emotion is 
acknowledging the person, acknowledging their feelings, acknowledging where they are and what what they are doing, where they are in their life and making them realize that, yes, you do care. You care to hear about them. You care to know what's going on in their life. That is love. That is love. So you may not necessarily interpret where they are in life as right or wrong, but simply listen. Would that be uh, another way of saying that? I, I Being, think. I, I think. I think that's a good. Yeah, that's a good way to good way to put it. Okay. Yeah. Being able to sit and listen without actually interpreting what somebody's saying. Uh, listening is huge, and I learned that as a nurse. Um, it's a lot like ministry in some ways in, the, in that um, as a nurse, you don't have the privilege of going in with prejudice. You have to accept everybody right where they are. Mm-hmm. And usually they're at the, <laughs> at the worst point of their lives. Mm-hmm. They're in crisis. Mm-hmm. And a good nurse will just accept that person right where they are, who they are, whether they're Muslim or Hindu or whatever, it doesn't matter. None of that matters whether they're mean or ugly or rude. You take care of them where they are. And, and I, I hear that in what you're saying, Father Mark, is that, is that listening, you know, opening yourself up to hear. You've got to listen to know where they are mm-hmm. or you're going to misinterpret. And my sister Susan calls it... Um, Putting up your psychic shield, mm. and you say, uh, "Yeah, be careful when you talk about psychic shields." Okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know, like when I had when I was I was in pediatrics, and I would have um, maybe a father who was angry uh-huh. and in my face, mm-hmm. and and his anger, I quickly realized was not it didn't have anything to do with me. It mm-hmm. had to do with the fact that he was scared his child was going to die, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you know you put down your psychic shield and say, "Hey, this isn't about me." This is about you. Where are you? Who are you? How can I help you where you are? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really, it takes um, intentionality. You can't just hope to be there. You have to do it. It, mm-hmm. it, it takes intentionality. It takes, a, listening is hard work. It's not, it's not just opening your ears to hear, but it's really listening and hearing deeply. Right. Uh, you know, if I can ask you a question, both of you, is there anybody in your life who doesn't deserve to be loved that you have met or that someone has come to you and uh, shared their lives, whatever is going on in their lives, that you thought, mm, well, I don't know if you could be part of my community or could be part of the, my church or my family. Is there anybody you can think of? Now, Father Joseph, I am surprised at you that you would even <laughs> ask that question. <laughs> Honestly, because, because no. Clearly, the, the, the answer to that is no. Uh, everyone deserves to be loved because everyone is loved. Everyone is already loved by God. Right. Yeah. And, and so uh, if God can love that person, then by golly, so can I. Yeah. But I think, think that's, that's hard to, to, it's well, hard oh, to, oh, to absolutely. put rubber to the road on that. You know, there are no, people no who... Doubt. There, there are people. There are people we love less. Can we say that? I, I don't know. If that's, uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So at the end of the day, uh, when my, uh, Bishop Michael Curry speaks about love is the way, that is the way of religion. If absolutely. there is a religion, 
It has to be this unconditional love and acceptance of people, no matter who they are, where they have been, what they have done. And so I would say, you know, if we wrap it up, could we say that love means that this unconditional acceptance of who the other person is and not being indifferent? Absolutely. And just going back, uh, as, as we were saying, that's how God sees us. That's how Jesus Christ sees us. That's that's why he came is to show us that love. And no, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It will never be if it was easy, we wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Father Mark, for uh, wrapping that up. And I want to thank Dr. Kathleen for sharing her thoughts. And I want to thank you all who are listening to us today. And thank everyone who are traveling. Be safe. You had been listening to the Red Door Conversations. So behind the doors, these are the type of conversations that we have in our churches and in our communities. The Red Door is the door of mercy and kindness and acceptance and welcome to all people without worrying about what your sexual preference is or where you had been in your life. That's why you can enter through them no matter who you are, where you had been in life. We are a diverse group of people with total openness to all people of all genders and all orientations to be served and to serve. Find us on the web at www.thereddoor.org. We want to tell you this before we go off the air. Remember, you are the beloved of God. And God is pleased with you. And we are excited that God is pleased with you because we are pleased with you. Learn more about us again on the web www.thereddoor.org. I'm Father Joseph. Thank you for listening to us.